0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in snowy northern Virginia. And I'm Alan, coming to you from the lovely and overcast greater Seattle metropolitan area. And this is Wrong Think Radio. This is our two-hour live program that we put on every single week to bring you guys our facts and analysis of what's going on in the world, what's happening in media, what's happening in politics, and usually how they're kind of all lying about it. This week is actually particularly interesting because a lot of uh, dots are being connected, a lot of uh, pins and red string and things like that. So it's conspiracies abound, um, but there's also a lot of other things and it's entirely possible that everything that we're going to talk about actually somehow connects. So um, I know that that's kind of an interesting lead in. And of course, it's Super Bowl Sunday for those that are excited over things like that. Um... So there's a lot going on, but, uh, obviously one of the big news stories that we have to talk about is the fact of, um, Ukraine, but we're going to be getting onto that in the second half of the show because it is, it's a bit hefty, but it's also like not a bit hefty. And we might with some of the things we're going to talk about early in the program, we might actually explain to you why for some weird reason, uh, the Democrat party seems intent on starting a war and it might be to cover up. All of the other nefarious and insane things that they're doing around the United States. Not to mention the fact that everything is terrible to include the economy and everything else. Uh, Just a couple of numbers to predicate all of the other stuff that we're going to discuss. Recently, numbers came out that inflation is up 7.5% while wages are down 1.5%. That's a nice way of saying that the American people feel like they have lost 9% of their income since Joe Biden has become president. Wow. Yeah, which is honestly, I would say that this is unprecedented. But the last time that we had numbers like this, Obama was in the White House. So everything seems to track the third, uh, the, the third edition of the Obama White House is very much the same as the first two. The economy sucks. Everything's terrible, but they're getting rich. So good for you. Um, (laughs) so now there was some interesting news that came out and it was a little difficult to grapple with because it involves the Durham investigation. Now we don't talk a lot about the Durham investigation on this program and I'll give you guys a, a, uh, a pretty singular reason why. And that is that I don't want to say necessarily that I lost faith in it, but I have, I, it's just, The shoe was supposed to drop for years and then it hadn't dropped. And so I, I don't want to say I gave up, but I'm also not going to like hitch my cart to that horse. That doesn't mean that there isn't good stuff that's coming out of it. I wish it didn't take so long, but I would also be irresponsible if I didn't say that the Democrat party is really good at committing crime and hiding it. So there is that I I have to acknowledge that fact, too. But I want to get a little bit into what has come out recently in regards to the Durham investigation, but I want to try to be able to distill it down so everybody can kind of understand. So let's just go all the way back to after Donald Trump got elected, but was yet to have been inaugurated. And there were the big stories that came out where there were claims in the media that there was the dossier that showed collusion between Donald Trump and Russia. Mm -hmm. Now, what's fascinating uh, about that was, obviously, the clip that Democrats like to use uh, was when they were talking about the secret email server that Hillary Clinton had in her mansion um, in Chappaqua. That was one of the big points where the joke was made about, well, like, could Russia get a hold of those emails too? Ha ha ha. The whole reason for that joke being made by Trump was the idea that obviously Clinton's using things like that to avoid any sort of federal scrutiny because there's a good reason for there to be a lot of federal scrutiny. Now... After statements like that were made, there were some slight like after Trump got elected, there was all of these claims that the government was currently investigating the idea that Trump had colluded with Russia. Let us not forget that the Democrats have also never recanted their statements that the 2016 presidential election was hacked by Russia. Right now, the way that they safely did this was they inferred it. And then, like, your regular liberal friend probably still believes that somehow Vladimir Putin stole the election from Hillary Clinton. But, (laughs) I mean, am I wrong? There are plenty of liberals that we run into on a regular basis that legitimately will say that Russia hacked the election.
1: It's the only only answer that makes sense to them because otherwise they'd have to admit Donald Trump won by
0: means uh, by fair means yeah that people liked him better <laughs>
1: yeah which to them would essentially negate the entire faith in the system
0: right you know it, it the whole reason why i support a democracy is because the democracy supports me right now so what has happened is when the uh, original statements were coming out about this dossier and all of these other things, there were discussions about a back channel with Russia. That back channel happened to be a bank called Alpha Bank. That was the supposed back channel that the government was investigating in reference to uh, how the Trump campaign was coordinating these attacks against our democracy with Russia. Well, Right. Through the years of all the dumb investigations and the first few years of the Democrats screaming at the sky, it came back that not only did the inspector general of the United States intelligence uh, community, the, you know, uh, uh, Robert Mueller, all of these investigators came back and said, we didn't find any evidence of any of these claims that there was a back channel. You know, we, most of us already know that they also found out that, like, all of the stuff that was in the steel dossier was basically made up and all this other crap. Well, they also, one of the things that didn't hit, because the dossier was really salacious, so it was way more popular in the media. But one of the things that went unnoticed was the fact that they also couldn't find any evidence of this supposed back channel. Well, that was part of of what John Durham was investigating. His entire point in life was figure out how the hell all of these intelligence agencies had all of this supposed information that they claimed was 100% true, but then when we were trying to throw Donald Trump in jail, we suddenly couldn't actually use any of it. The way the Democrats thought that this was going to go was Robert Mueller came out And disappointed all of the liberals out there uh, and well, disappointed everybody, because let's just be honest, it was really sad to hear him talk. Um, (laughs) But they kind of thought like, oh, okay, well, this will all go away now because like we got all of the political mileage out of it and then they would just dance off the stage. But instead, Trump said, I want somebody assigned to figuring out how the hell this lie went on so long. Well, he has found some information. It starts with a Democrat lawyer known as Michael Sussman. Michael Sussman has been indicted. So it's the first indictment that we're aware, or maybe it's not the first, but it's the big indictment that we're all aware of, or most anybody tracking this is aware of. He is a Democrat lawyer. And Mm -hmm. what he did, his current indictment is that he gave false statements to the FBI. His false statements were, I am giving you all of this evidence, but I am not currently working with a client. It was just out of the goodness of his heart that he was presenting all of this evidence to the FBI of this crazy back channel with Russia that Trump had. Like they totally found this information. Oh my gosh, isn't that crazy? But I don't have a client. Well, he lied. Michael Sussman was working for Perkins Coy. He was, or he may not have been working for Perkins Coy, but he was involved with them, but he was a lawyer for the Democrat party. And he was actually being paid by the Clinton campaign. So he lied. That is the first indictment that Durham was able to get was, oh, but you were working for the Clintons. You claimed to us that you didn't have a client. The reason why he would do that is, well, it. hey, I'm working for this political campaign, but I also have all of this information against this other person, uh, the opposition of that campaign, but you should totally take it at face value. That's why he lied. In investigating and building the case that this guy gave false statements to the FBI, they have come across some very interesting information. So I will now paint that information for you as best I can. Number one, it has been proven that the, quote, back channel was faked. It was falsified information. The Hillary Clinton campaign and their law firm, Perkins Coy, faked all of the information that claimed that there was the back channel to Moscow and the Trump campaign through an, uh, through a bank called Alpha Bank. That was actually discovered in the Mueller investigation. It's just they didn't charge mm. anybody with it. Oh, so, you know, the Democrat Party faked a bunch of evidence, but we'll, we'll, we'll just not go after Trump. So that's number one that was proven to be false so now durham had to start looking into well how did they fake the information and that's where the newest news comes out and it is fascinating and shocking so there is a tech executive named rodney joff who worked for a company called newstar spelled n e u so newstar was is a big it's a big tech firm and cybersecurity firm Rodney Joff was a cybersecurity advisor to the Obama White House. He also was an advisor to several different government contracts. What Rodney Joff had was they had won a government contract to basically conduct internet research. By the way, just so you're aware, right after Joe Biden was inaugurated, that contract was then awarded to the company that that Rodney Joff works for. But since all of this information is coming out, Rodney Joff no longer works for this company, which I think is a data point to show you that this doesn't look good. So if anybody sees the reference tech executive one in like the Fox news stories and stuff on this tech executive one is this gentleman named Rodney Joff. Well, what he did was his company news star had access to the private data in on the servers in Trump Tower. They also had access to the private data to the servers in the White House, because they were the company hmm. that was given the. Uh, they were the company that was awarded the contract to maintaining those servers.
1: Okay, so you're saying mm-hmm. that there is a gentleman that has. Identified himself as an absolute enemy of Trump and the Trump administration that has access to the servers in the White House of the private, say, communications, initiatives, documents of the Trump administration.
0: The office of the executive, the Trump Tower thing. What I what I can't say is that I I think I misspoke. I don't believe that they had a contract for the Trump Tower servers. I believe that this Rodney Joff was collecting that information dubiously because he was able to get access to that kind of private information for the quote internet research that they were conducting on behalf of the government. Okay. But,
1: but they... at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's still still some tech executive who hated Trump took it upon himself to manipulate to abuse his position as the head of this company in order to funnel sensitive or compromising information, or at least to search for compromising information on white house servers for the benefit of Trump's political enemies.
0: That's correct. A hundred percent. The best way to distill this down, they were spying. So it started I, at Trump tower and there's a data point I want to point out because years ago, I mean, probably 2016. Yeah, it was 2016. On this program, we pointed something out and maybe you don't even remember it, Alan, but there was a point where the at the time, Admiral Rogers, the director of the National Security Agency, went to Trump Tower after Trump was elected. But before he was inaugurated, Talked to him a little bit, and then Trump moved his entire operation out of Trump Tower. I, I remember hearing about this, and I remember at the
1: time hearing allegations that Trump Tower was bugged, and that, or otherwise, their communications within Trump Tower were compromised. It, it was they. Tapped- I actually remember this because I remember debating people because at one point, didn't I forget what who was? Was I think it was Trump? Basically, said he was being spied on.
0: Yeah, they tapped my wires. Went, no,
1: no, no, that's impossible.
0: It was they tapped my wires. That was the. That's that was right. The tweet. That's right. They tapped my wires, and everyone's like, "They wouldn't tap your wire." Uh, what is it, 1950? <laughs> no, they were, they were spying, they were spying on yeah, Trump. They're absolutely
1: like, uh, but, but, let's say it in the actual terms that we are we mean, it, a tech executive in charge of a cybersecurity company had maliciously gained access. To the digital data stored inside Trump Tower and the White House,
0: correct. So it started with Trump Tower, and then when Trump became the president of the United States, they started collecting the data in the White House.
1: Yeah, like that. Well, and I think mm-hmm. this is a something you brought up. Is this is probably not the first president they've done this to.
0: Correct. If right. there
1: are private individuals that are running essentially the cybersecurity stuff for the White House and can get that kind of access, how long has that been going on? How many other presidents have been plagued by this where they can't trust any of their own personal communications? Right. Who Who
0: is running all of this? Interestingly, it's funny that you ask that. So one of the questions would be like, well, how the hell did all of... How how was all of this access granted? Well, it yeah. was under a federal government contract that was supposed to be researching internet data. And that contract was through the Georgia Institute of Technology and funded by DARPA. And okay. so you have the... You have DARPA pentagon program for research and things like that uh defense research darpa wanted to do a bunch of internet research so okay with that leverage this tech executive rodney joff was able to say well we need to collect this information under a government contract so it's totally fine that we do it they basically used all of that information that awarded contract all of this stuff to say it like, Hey, let's say Verizon or Comcast or who the hell ever. I need you to give me all of this uh, data information. It's for a government thing. We're collecting and doing internet research. But the reality was Rodney Joff was being paid by the Clinton campaign to collect information specifically to spy on Donald Trump's campaign. And then after Trump won the presidency to then continue and spy on Trump's presidency.
1: And And all of this is done. mm -hmm. I think you can make the claim. All of this is done with the no of a lot of people inside the government Uh, or especially the Democrat
0: Party. It would be very difficult. It's this is a big enough event that it would be very difficult i think to hide it right because you have so many you have darpa involved you have a a bunch of researchers at a university involved that the researchers at this university who were conducting this big data analysis were told and this is in the indictment they were told to look for any inference or narrative that could be used to connect trump to russia So this tech executive using government funds, your taxpayer money, was at a university strictly telling them, I need you to make up data that looks like Donald Trump and Russia were colluding. Yeah. And there's an email in the indictment where he states, I'm doing this, or an email or a quote, but there's a quote in the indictment where he said, I'm doing this for some VIPs Like I need, I need information that we can put together to try to tie Trump to Russia to impress some VIPs. Those VIPs happen to be the Hillary Clinton campaign and Perkins Coy law firm. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, what's come out and it's frustrating. I can totally understand where people are frustrated. Um, I've, I've already seen some negative reactions to it and I'll have to admit like, well, we'll get to that in a second. Um, what, the, what, what the ground truth of this is, is that there is proof that John Durham has found, and there's a current ongoing grand jury uh, around all of this. John Durham has found proof that the Clinton campaign contracted a tech executive for the sole intent of spying on Donald Trump through Trump tower and through the office of the executive, through the presidency to spy on him, but also to manipulate data, to form a conspiracy, to try to get Donald Trump arrested and charged. They were faking. That is, that is the biggest part of this entire indictment is that they were faking evidence. They were faking information and lying to the FBI. And by the way, also the CIA. When Michael Sussman, this original Democrat lawyer we were talking about, when he stopped getting traction out of the FBI, he brought his evidence to the CIA. Wow. Yep. It's almost like you're saying there's some kind of
1: deep state. That <laughs> it's like a state but deeper <laughs> country behind the scenes. Yeah, right? Like so honestly, Le- Isn't it also weird that this deep state and all these people this guy's talking to are all such hardcore Democrat activists that they're willing to do essentially illegal and immoral things just to prevent uh, a legally elected president from carrying out his not really even all that extreme agenda?
0: Yeah. Well, so, and let's, let's like, once again, the conspiracy theorists are proven correct. So, Now that we look at this and say, okay, there are, there is information. And by the way, what's hilarious is watching leftists on social media react to this and say like, what, like, oh, it's so dumb that they're putting this out. Like it's because Trump's getting nervous because they actually found something and he's going to go to jail. Dude, seriously, if they had found something, they would have found it back in 2017 and they would have thrown his ass in jail. So yeah the point of this and to move, use this to kind of move into some other stories. One big thing that I absolutely want to point out here is we, what we are telling you is that the Hillary Clinton campaign knew, obviously because involved in the Obama campaign and everything knew who had government contracts that would give them sensitive access to the private information of a political enemy. And then they leveraged that private information They spied on it to try to find anything they could go after, but in addition to that, they were fabricating evidence and presenting it to the FBI and presenting it to the CIA as a predicate to try to make up a case against their political enemy.
1: So you don't do this overnight. It's, it's certainly see I would have to go back and look at the dates on all of these things, but wouldn't it all surprise you if, if this entire system of investig of basically Foxes watching the hen house, all aligned with the Democrat Party all involving all these private companies and government contracts, if that was intentionally designed and put in place during the Obama administration so that they could so in the as a contingency of in the event they ever, had their political power challenged, they would already have essentially a, a mechanism in place to ensure that their opponents couldn't do anything even if the people voted them into office. Exactly. It I just mean, seems it seems far too convenient that all of these things just happen to line up to let them get away with this. And it seems a lot more likely that all of these things were intentionally built for this exact purpose. Right. And, and like, it, man, wouldn't it be great if we could subvert the American government and democracy using the Trojan horse of government contracts, cybersecurity, and all these other things? That would get us into a position where we're essentially embedded in the intelligence community that no one can really question, and then we can determine what's true and what's false, and, and we can essentially spy on all our political opponents without their knowledge because we're going through allied private companies who just are – Friends who will just give us the information bypassing all of the essentially privacy laws. Well, I, I absolutely can see how people like the Clintons and Obama and all those folks would put this stuff into place intentionally so that they could have a stranglehold on American
0: politics despite the way voting goes. One of the things that was also referenced when, when I was looking into this Rodney Joff guy was – he was going to be given a position in the Clinton White House. Of course he was. Right. Wow. So he was being, like, he was doing all of this to earn himself a position in the Clinton White House working in cybersecurity. How convenient. And so when she didn't get elected, I imagine that this guy... A was very disappointed because he didn't get his primo position in the government where he would likely use it to make millions of dollars somehow. Um well he already makes millions but you know what I mean. Um yeah. but then additionally he continued to spy for the Clinton campaign. Like this after after Trump was elected they continued to gather data from White House servers and to and distributed it as best as we can tell to his client, the Hillary Clinton campaign and the Democrat party's law firm, Perkins Coy. Now, what I'm telling you right now is that there is a tech firm that was willing to make up evidence, get into servers, collect a bunch of internet information, all at the behest of the Democrat party and the Hillary Clinton campaign. So let me ask you a very, Oh, and this guy was supposed to be working in the, he was supposed to be working in the Clinton White House. If she had been elected, he likely would have been within some sort of directorate under things like the cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency. He would have been heading up something like that or had been some sort of, I don't know, appointed czar or who the hell knows. OK, so tell me that with all of these tech bros behind you that are willing to do all of this shady stuff, you wouldn't. You wouldn't hack an election. I'm supposed to believe that you would I mean, absolutely spy on somebody and make up false accusations to the intelligence community with no fear of being caught. But they wouldn't hack an election. They wouldn't well, do the anything. Is, mm-hmm.
1: They had all the all, they had all the pieces in place to do it.
0: Uh-huh. They had
1: everything in place they would need to manipulate an election.
0: Exactly, and, and see, I, I think that that point we should we should. Push that point just a little bit more, because remember there were all of these laws that changed all of the sudden prior to the 2020 election. Correct? Right, right. Well, all the
1: all the, all the COVID rules that it, in a bunch of states illegally rewrote the state, like were in violation of state constitutions, but passed overnight, and there was no challenge. Not enough time to challenge them before the election happened.
0: Now, who was involved? In lobbying all of those states to change those laws. Do you know Alan? Uh I you know I, I don't know for sure, but I, I bet
1: it was someone that votes blue.
0: <laughs> His name's Mark Elias. He's oh. one of the main lawyers in the Perkins Coy law firm. Oh, is that the same law firm that Hillary Clinton uses? That is the same law firm that Hillary Clinton uses. Oh. Is that uh, the same law firm that paid off the guy who made the steel dossier? That is the same law firm who paid off the guy who made the steel dossier and Fusion GPS. Fascinating. So so that if I was, say, a crazed
1: conspiracy theorist and I was putting a bunch of names on a whiteboard and connecting them with a red, <laughs> you know, red, dry erase marker, I would have Perkins Coy in the middle with a big circle around it because that seems to be a big nexus of a lot of this interplay between Hillary Clinton, liberal activist groups and the political moves of the Democrat Party and the U.S. intelligence community. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to look for where's the connection between all of these groups and in the intelligence community, where where is the deep state, well, look no further than the Perkins Coie Law Firm. They're a critical component in organizing all of this together. All of these people know each other. They probably are all on a first-name basis. They're probably all having luncheons and shaking each other's hands. It's not that ridiculous to think that, that they don't just cut off all connection with their previous employers and they go somewhere else. Like, no, it's like they all work together and it's like, Hey, we're going to send hey, guy at our law firm. We're going to send you to over here to work on this thing because that's going to further the goals of our wealthy clients.
0: Yeah. Now what's fascinating is there was a, uh, <clears throat> an investigation into dominion voting machines. So, so since we're since we're going to talk about the potential of cyber things happening, uh, there was an investigation into these uh, uh, voting machines, and strangely enough, uh, the they submitted their results to the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency CISA, uh, which is the main body that looks into um, cybersecurity for critical infrastructure. Now what's fascinating uh, about that is CISA has pushed to not have any of this investigation released because they're afraid that it would reveal vulnerabilities that would allow hackers to access voting machines. Oh, so I'll, 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 I'll read the actual uh, thing. So the Biden administration urges a court to not allow the release of secret report on Dominion voting machines. Uh, this is coming from the Epic Times, and it's top cybersecurity officials in the U.S. federal cybersecurity agency are urging a judge not to authorize at this time the release of a report on to, uh, that analyzed Dominion voting systems. Okay, and the. Reason why is that the uh, is is that the release of this could allow people to hack election uh, machine or voting machines, which is very strange. We don't want that because this is the same agency that back in 2020 declared that you can't hack a voting machine.
1: Well, that's nice. I mean, it's good that we can't hack a voting machine.
0: They just
1: decided that all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, so there's an. we don't know what's in this report, by the way. So there was a report done investigating the voting machines. Again, like we're still talking about this two years later, but this report was given out and they said, like whoever this group was, was like, hey, we found some pretty like crazy stuff. Like the American people should probably know the vulnerabilities that exist in these voting machines. And the... Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, who should have been being run by Rodney Joff after he did all that spying for the Clintons, um, but Trump got elected instead, uh, said they told us all right after the election that it doesn't matter uh, that people are saying that these machines were connected to the Internet. It doesn't matter that there are claims, whether or not you think they're true or not, coming from some people saying that they know for a fact China was involved in like, the election. All of the, That was all dismissed. Everything about the uh, potential of Dominion voting and all this other crazy stuff, all of that was dismissed because they said, well, they're not even connected to the internet. You can't hack them. You can't. It's not possible. Well, now two years. Unhackable. Later, it's un- yeah, unhackable. Now, two years later, they're saying, well, we can't release this report that's probably super damning about these machines because if we release it, then hackers might be able to hack the election. But I thought they were unhackable. Right. Well, you see, this is exactly why they're saying it. They're, they weren't hackable when Joe Biden won, but they need them to be hackable now when the Democrats lose their ass in the midterms, I'm telling you people right now, the Democrats are going to lose a crap load of seats in the coming midterms. Like there's just, they're not doing anything that's going to change that trajectory. It would take, in a, it would take a feat of superhuman strength to change the fact that Democrats are going to likely lose the House and the Senate in these upcoming midterms, not to mention all of the local races. That are going to come up. I promise you that the day of or day after the midterm elections, the liberal media is going to talk about how they were hacked by Russia. It's going, I think, honestly, we'll get, like I said, we'll get to this later on in the program. I think part of the reason for all this bluster in the Ukraine is to create the boogeyman of Russia again. As an excuse for why Democrats are going to lose their ass in the midterms, it is going to be that Russia, in retribution for Biden's dominant strength in Ukraine, hacked the election.
1: I think that's likely. Yeah. I think they'll. I think. I think they'll use that as an excuse for sure.
0: Yeah, they they are one hundred percent going to say that the. the And they're going to do it unabashedly. It's going to make you want to tear your hair out. It is going to be absolute insanity because they're going to say Russia hacked the election. Uh, Democrats didn't actually lose all of these races. They're the most loved party ever. It's just really these dastardly Russians that want Republicans to win for some reason. But um, there was another... Well,
1: they could make the case that Republicans aren't trying to start a war with Russia...
0: Well, that's true.
1: <laughs> I mean, if I was the Russians, I'd look at it and be like, well, if Donald Trump is indicative of the Republican Party, which I don't think the Russians would believe, they'd say, well, that guy was trying to not create a bunch of world tension and push us towards a war. So maybe we do want him to win. Right. I mean, it, there's Maybe that. it's in our – maybe because Joe Biden seems intent on pushing everyone to – essentially to pushing us to – the brink of nuclear war, it is in everyone's interest that we hack this election and make sure that he does not get reelected and that these and that his party loses power. As an outside observer, I could see a lot of effort being put forward to make sure Democrats lose because of how unhinged and dangerous they seem to the rest of the world.
0: Now, what's even more psychotic is in in on, on our same thread and theme of government spying, there were more, there's, there's even more insanity, which is all kind of floating around this drain about a Congress member who had Capitol police in disguise go through their office.
1: Yeah. So this is a really bizarre story. This is from Congressman Troy Nels, who is a... Congressman, he's a Republican from Texas, and he's put out a series of tweets saying the Capitol Police Intelligence Division basically illegally entered his offices on November. So I'll read this to you: On November twentieth, twenty twenty-one, Capitol Police entered my office without my knowledge and photographed confidential legislative legislative products protected by the Speech and Debate Clause enshrined in the Constitution. Two days later, three intelligence officers attempted to enter my office while the house was in recess. Upon discovering a member of my staff, special agents dressed like construction workers, identified themselves and began to question him as the contents of a photograph taken illegally two days earlier. Capitol Police never informed me or senior level staff of their investigation and the, or the reasons uh, that they were there. They had no authority to photograph my office, let alone investigate myself, members, of my staff. Uh, And this congressman then goes on to essentially claim, maybe it is because I've been a vocal critic of Speaker Pelosi, the January 6th committee and the Capitol Police leadership about their handling of January 6th, the death of Ashley Babbitt and the subsequent sham investigation. So the Capitol Police Intelligence Unit was disguising themselves as construction workers to get into this guy's office. They were photographing essentially legislation he was drafting. This is all very, very bizarre. And it right. basically basically seems like the Capitol Police are acting like the Soviet KGB and basically intimidating congressmen that are opposed to the rampant abuses of power of the Democrat Party, which is incredibly wild. And I would be I'm, this is one of the things that has always shocked me, is we complain constantly about the Democrat Party is wildly corrupt they've corrupted all of these institutions in the United States government. They're operating essentially without oversight and the Republican party consistently seems like they have done nothing to really stop it here. And what I've always been shocked by is the thought that you as a Republican Congressman, Senator, governor, anything, if you were a Republican politician you should be looking at, looking at this and going, it's only a matter of time before they come after me. And here they are coming after another a Republican. And of, of course they are because of these things weren't stopped during the Trump administration. They were pulling up dirty tricks like this all the time during the Trump administration. And Republicans in the Congress and Senate never really did anything about it. And now it's coming back to bite them, their own inaction and just their own inaction and pitiful cowardice is coming back to bite them, and I'm kind of excited about that. It's like, good, good. We Maybe these sort of things needed to happen to make all of these Republicans that people elected to prevent Democrat part the Democrat Party from overreaching are finally going to actually feel like they have some skin in the game and do something to stop it.
0: It's, it's uh, 100%. So, right, so yeah. – Interestingly, may I remind everybody that the um, Congress wanted to expand the powers of the Capitol Police to be able to operate in other states. Yeah. So. That's the big purpose. So think think about it this way. That's the big purpose of a lot of what's going on here. You have. All of these. um intelligence assets first of all actually sorry let's back it up they were dressed as construction workers does that sound like they had a warrant yeah because it it does not kind of sounds like they didn't have a warrant kind of sounds like they were uh illegally entering an office to try to conduct all of this because if you have a warrant you just show up and you take all the documents by the way interestingly enough um what Democrat, because the idea here is that, you know, Nancy Pelosi and the Capitol Police are colluding together, all of that, right? Wouldn't it look great to just have a random congressman having boxes upon boxes seized by the Capitol Police? That is a phenomenal, um, that, like optics-wise, that works amazing for the Democrat Party. So if yeah. you had a warrant, you would do that. That looks awesome. If you're a Democrat because oh like it doesn't even matter what they're investigating, the guy could have written a bad check, but it doesn't matter because c n n gets to go there and be like, "We're currently live outside the Capitol where uh the, the Capitol Police are walking out with boxes upon boxes from you know this uh congress member's office Republican from Texas whoa well, whoa well, what 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 do you think could be in those boxes and then they get to talk for the next five hours about what might be in the boxes um Oh. But instead, they clandestinely dressed up like construction workers. And then, let's be honest, when they got caught by a staffer, they started questioning that staffer, likely to get them to shut up. Likely to intimidate that yeah. staffer. I mean, well, I guess since you're here now, I guess you'll be part of this investigation. You wouldn't want to be part of this investigation, would you? I mean, do you want to help us or, or are you going to be somebody that's, uh, you know, or, or are you going to be hostile to the Capitol Police? You know, we you wouldn't want to have to spend some time in the D.C. jail, in the Patriot Wing with all those January 6th protesters, would you? Yeah. Hey, do you happen to have the key to the congressman's uh, desk? I'd really hate it if you had to go to the gulag.
1: It would it would be terrible if we had to investigate you for connection to the terrorist attack on january 6 you're wait you work for a republican well I mean I don't know but white supremacy is the number one cause of domestic terror according to our boss so I mean I do do we have do we have cause to arrest this guy on suspicion I, I think we might we might have cause to arrest you on suspicion that you're part of this and that's a uh, actually and certainly because of this uh, anti-terror bill that we recently passed we can just do that now or do you want to tell us everything you know about this congressman's schedule and what legislation he might be drafting so we can tell the democrat party and they can stonewall it
0: mhm yeah right there and 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 that's and that's what's that's what's the most amazing part is you know like we just we just told you guys everything that was going on under the clinton campaign and now we have this you know, we have the Capitol Police, who's the new you know hero of the Democrat Party. Yeah, sorry, I had to sneeze. <clears throat> um, ooh, that one that one assaulted me. Um, oh no! And that's that's what's insane is what what's weird too is um, there was a very strange tweet that came out just a couple of days ago uh, from the ACLU. And it's hilarious. Like, this is one of my favorites. The ACLU breaking newly declassified documents reveal that the CIA has been secretly conducting massive surveillance programs that capture Americans' private information. (laughs) This surveillance is done without any court approval and with few, if any, safeguards imposed by Congress to protect our civil liberties. Where the hell? <laughs> like where where's the ACLU been? Yeah. But this is what's incredible. Is so this is coming from um Senator Ron Wyden, a Democrat of Oregon, and Senator Martin Heinrich, a Democrat of New Mexico. Both are members of the Senate Intelligence Committee, called for new transparency about bulk surveillance conducted by the Central Intelligence Agency following the release of documents that revealed a secret bulk collection program and problems with how the agency searches and handles Americans' information. Wyden and Heinrich requested the declassification of a report by the Privacy and Civil Liberties Oversight Board on a CIA bulk collection program in a letter sent April 13, 2021. The letter, which was declassified and made public today, reveals that the CIA has secretly conducted its own bulk program authorized under Executive Order 12333 rather than laws passed by Congress. The letter notes the program was entirely outside the statutory framework that Congress and the public believe governed this collection and without any of the judicial, congressional, or even executive branch oversight that comes from foreign intel- the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act collection. Like, dude, this is how you guys have been prosecuting your enemies, like the ACL. So what we what this leads me to believe is either a some Democrats are like, oh, my God, we have to be against intelligence community spying because so much stuff's about to drop from all these investigations. I have to be one of the good guys or some some liberals got rolled up in the dragnet collection that they were using to go after Republicans. And now they're starting to be like, well, maybe we should rein this back. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, where was the ACLU for the last five years when everybody was going, hey guys, the intelligence community spied on the Trump campaign. Like, don't get well, me wrong. Like, obviously I'm very worried about the idea of the government spying on Americans, but a giant bulk collection, yes, bad. Don't, I'm not, I'm not making excuses for it, but collection and prosecution of of data are very different situations or the exploitation of that data. So like, yeah, the CIA is probably bulk collecting a bunch of crap, (coughs) putting it in a database and then making it possible for them to query it in an investigation that doesn't make it okay. That is a violation of what the central intelligence agency is supposed to be doing, but that's still very different than the CIA, FBI, and NSA actively targeting a political enemy of the Democrat party. Yeah. So like if the ACLU's horrified by the idea that the CIA is just collecting a bunch of data and essentially, or potentially doing nothing with it, shouldn't they be more horrified by them trying to affect an election and then hamstring the, the president that was elected by the people of the United States of America? Well, see friend, good <laughs> enemy, bad. I don't know if you know this, but uh, friend, good enemy, bad. <laughs> I mean that that is the the, the single
1: the, if there is one unifying thing about politics in the in at the very end all of this just comes down to friend good enemy bad. Why why are these people hypocrites? Well, because they they value their friends and they want to destroy their enemies. And at the end of the day, that's kind of all that matters. That's the only political <laughs> distinction. Are you my friend or are you my enemy? They're operating on that loop and eventually we're going to
0: have to as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it is simply incredible. Like all this did was beclown the ACLU. Like, let's just be honest here. Yeah. All, all this did was make the ACLU look like a bunch of jackasses uh, strictly just strictly because like, it's just, okay. You guys, you guys are a farce. Like even, even liberals commenting on this thread from the ACLU are like, I mean, where the hell have you guys been? Yeah, but like, this is not new, mm-hmm. which is amazing because what it shows is e- even liberals are sitting there going like, well, yeah, we've kind of known that they've been doing it. and It's super bad. And it's like, oh, really? Because you guys have been denying it for five years because Trump bad exactly like to what Alan was saying. They were supporting it back when friend good enemy bad. Yeah. So <laughs> shocking. By the way, it's just it is kind of great to scroll through Twitter and things like that and see all of the things where people are going, hey, by the way, uh, remember when Trump was saying that the Clinton campaign was spying on him and everybody shrugged it off and made fun of him? Well, it was true. Many such cases. Yeah, there's like how many times must we go through this now? A couple of additional things, because there was an absolutely hilarious. Hilarious um piece that was written by cnn this morning and put out and it it's just so great we don't have to spend a ton of time on it but i want to read you guys a headline A headl- a headline in the first couple of sentences here joe rogan's use of the n-word is another january 6 moment see that you, you see it's these things you can tell
1: you can tell that they are trying to astroturf January 6th into a founding myth of American democracy. It's like this is when people talk about rewriting the history books, this is exactly what how it goes. Is you start to declare an event, you start to give an event meaning, and in say 50 years, all people will remember is the repetitive meaning that was given to that event over time. It's one of the reasons why, say Every argument comes, goes, eventually will d- drive back to World War II and Hitler gets invoked because it is such it was because that event has been so mythologized that it is now basically the founding myth of modern America. And they're trying to do the same thing with January 6th. That's the, going to be to them the founding myth of their new America
0: post Trump. Yeah. their their uh, neo-American police state.
1: Right. And it's going to be, remember when we defeated the evil, bad fascists and Nazis in that coup attempt that they had, and then we saved America and ushered in a glorious new age of peace and diversity and prosperity and feel-goods? That's That's what they want to do with it, and they want to make January 6th a mean. It's like, that makes... That sentence, Joe Rogan's use of the N-word is another January 6th. Another January 6th? That right there, and that language tells you how they want to use January 6th. It's going to be like saying another Holocaust! And you're not supposed to then go, wait, so like, another January 6th? Like, they stormed Joe Rogan's capital, and then were, like, one of Joe Rogan was, uh, Joe Rogan was then shot, and then Joe Rogan used it to pass a bunch of anti-terror legislation. Like, th- th- this makes no sense, but they're just just—they're trying to play off uh, a mental landmine that they're implanting in people's heads. Like, this is how the propaganda works. We're implanting the idea in people's heads that January 6th is some nebulous, big, bad event that we should all fear and be horrified by, much like how they used, say, the term the Holocaust. And then when they say, it's like another January 6th, The mental association they're trying to trigger on people is, oh, that was a bad thing. So this is a bad thing that's happening. And the actual realities of it are intentionally made ephemeral. Like, think of how many things you get, you see compared to the Holocaust. Oh, this is like another Holocaust. And you go, well, this is a totally different situation involving totally different groups of people. And they are just relying on the fact that the Holocaust has become mythologized away from the factual realities of it. And just anymore, all it means is big bag of big bad event where people died and people were mean to other people. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to do the same with January 6th. The thing with January 6th is we're so close to these events that we can that we that we know that it's
0: nonsense, that we can see through the charade they're trying to pull with this one. It's it's amazing because th- this is um, these are the opening sentences here. The podcaster Joe Rogan did uh, did not join a mob that forced lawmakers to flee for their lives. (laughs) That that didn't happen. Um, He never carried a Confederate flag inside the U.S. Capitol Rotunda. Bet that guy was paid and worked for the Lincoln Project. No one died trying to stop him using the N-word. Nobody died trying to stop the Capitol thing either, so...
1: Well, you can already see all the lies.
0: You can already see all the lies. But what Rogan and those that defend him have done since video clips of him using the N-word surfaced on social media. Oh, no. You, you, by the way, could have found that anywhere. It was not being hidden by anybody. Um, Also, those clips are him quoting people. So, okay. Um, Arguably are arguably just as dangerous. As what a mob did when they stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6th last year. Is this dangerous? Is this supposed to be an argument that Joe Rogan is super dangerous or an argument that January 6th was just as much of a bullshit nothing burger as we know it is? Like, so Joe Joe Rogan quoting like President Biden saying the N-word a bunch of times. Is the same as January 6th? Oh, okay, so January 6th Actually, was yes. no big deal.
1: <laughs> no, no, that is exactly the same as January 6th, as in it was instigated by people within the government.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I mean Joe it- Rogan only said the N-word because someone in the government said it first. Yeah. Yeah. Were and there it- were there federal agents coercing Joe Rogan to say the N-word? My God, it's exactly like January 6th. <laughs>
0: Was was this all planned by the FBI? Oh God, it's just like January 6.
1: You know, I saw a video of January of from inside the Capitol from January of Capitol security cameras this morning. And so it must be a video that was recently released. And in the video, you see a, you see from the inside of the Capitol, there's the big doors that lead to the outside, and you see a dude with a like. Two dudes, one with holding an American flag that looked like protesters, walk up to the door. The first guy tugs on the door. He can't open it because all the doors of the Capitol have magnetic locks. And so the doors are mag-locked from the central security office. He pulls on the door, and there's the only two people in the building by this point. Every other protester's outside, so that's already suspicious. The guy tugs on the locks. Then you see him look up at the security camera, point at the doors— try them again look buck up the security camera wave his arm point more pointedly at the doors go then tugs the doors and the doors now open yep and then he opens them for, and then he opens them up and a bunch of pro- other protesters swarm in yep so based on that video it's pretty hard to conclude anything other than well the guy in the security office had to click the button to open the doors for him so I don't know what's going on there and I don't know who these people are in the video, but it clearly is it there's no way to interpret this other than the guy was expecting the doors to be unlocked from the central control room of this capital security of capital security to unlock the doors and yep. was inside the capital doing it and again all of the the whole all of January 6 is incredibly suspicious and has the fingerprints of essentially a federal uh, federal false flag operation. And especially, and the best proof for it is, look how it's used and look at the reactions immediately after. Mm-hmm. If it was a spontaneous event that no one was expecting, you wouldn't have seen them two days later go, oh, and by the way, we have this brand new anti-terror legislation that we just happened to draft in two days. And oh, and we're also all grandstanding on this event with all as if it was completely planned out. Like you would have had a a, an, a time period of shock where people didn't know how to react, but the fact that people immediately had a narrative and immediately knew how to react to it and immediately had legislation using it as a justification in the the couple days after proves that they had to have foreknowledge.
0: Yeah. No. Like, and, and this is precisely why when Pelosi decided to stand up her silly little. Uh, January 6th committee, they politicized it and caused so much turmoil over it to ensure that there would be absolutely no opposition within that committee. They, they basically, Oh, the only Republicans, because they have to have Republicans on there. The only Republicans that were basically allowed on that committee were ones that are basically working for the other side, Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney. Right. and, that's exactly why, because what they don't want, what, what they absolutely cannot have, are Republicans who would be part of this January 6th committee that would ask the exact question you're bringing up, that would have the Capitol Police in front of their committee, and someone would say, why were your police unlocking the doors for protesters? Right. Because that kind of investigation would result in, because Speaker Pelosi told us to. Indeed, because Speaker Pelosi was talking with the FBI and the Capitol Police, and they knew that this was going to happen, and they had agents provocateur and FBI agents within the crowd specifically being coordinated to storm the Capitol. So then they would have an excuse to close down any vote that would result in in doing any sort of audit of the federal election that would discover that there was some nefarious tactics used by the Democrat party to throw the election. Yeah, exactly. I, it's at the point now where I have enough data points in just the hour that we've been talking that you have to prove me wrong.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's absolutely, it's, (laughs) it's obvious to anyone with
0: half a brain, right? Now, let's just take some of the stuff we just talked about. So we just talked about the fact that the Clinton campaign has been tied to spying on the Trump campaign directly um, and using governmental resources and all this other shady stuff. Uh, Let's talk about the fact that the Capitol Police just got caught going into a Texas congressman's office dressed as construction workers to photograph legislation for whatever is or photograph any confidential documents that they have no right to to get into. Um, Additionally, no reason. Yeah, they have absolutely no reason. Additionally, we have all of this talk about obviously the CIA spying on the American people. There's a lot of very interesting. Oh, Hey guys, by the way, we live in a police state and it's run by the Democrat party and the deep state. So we have all of those data points. All of this is coming out right now. I'm going to connect it to a couple of news stories that are being used to distract Because right after this, uh, right after the release of some of this information from the Durham investigation, we suddenly have accusations of, uh, Donald Trump totally took classified documents back to Mar-a-Lago when he left, we should totally investigate this and try to throw him in jail. Oh, and also, uh, he was tearing up documents and flushing them down the toilet. Um, real quick, don't, we don't need to talk any further about this particular subject, but, um. Let me point out that every single office in the White House has a pulping shredder. Yeah. So, like, there's literally no reason why anyone would be flushing documents down a toilet.
1: Also, he's the president. Yeah. Like, so, hey, everybody, um, leave the room. The president uh, wants some time alone with his thoughts. <laughs> shred, 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 shred. Yeah. It makes no sense that he would be trying to flush down the toilet. And that... but. They're sticking with that lie because they want to cre- – because this is all priming. That's, it's a completely false and nonsense story, but it is the goal by releasing it is to prime people for if they do find some, some reason they should investigate Trump for classified information, people will already, already be primed to believe that he was destroying classified information while in office. Because this is how this is how they work. This is how the human brain works, and they know it. They know that people instinctively won't really remember this is a news story, but their brain will, and they'll go, you know, I remember hearing a thing that Donald Trump was destroying paperwork while in office. They won't subject it to intellectual rigor because it'll just be this little blip, blip in their memory. But that will be enough that they that their brain will then craft a full narrative that, oh, I know this is true because. I, I I remember hearing about this, and now that I see this proof, this is amazing. It's like it, a, a lot of what the way propaganda works is: it, think of it as your brain's a computer, and it's an exploit that you don't know exists, but it, that someone else does and is using to manipulate you.
0: Yeah, it's it's the um. But what's what's incredible about it is it's already priming a whataboutery scenario. A yeah. bunch of information is about to come out about like the Clintons and the Democrats all spying on Trump. So they had to create a, what about scenario where all of these shit libs when they're presented with all of that horrifying information that everything that Donald Trump said was true, they get to go, well, what about Trump flushing stuff down the toilet? I saw that in a movie. Right. And because the, the goal, the, the,
1: the big, the big realization I had about this was the goal for them is not to put their put their um, followers, thralls, zombie horde. It's not, to, it's not to put them in a position where they win the argument about this. It's to put them in a position where the argument is impossible to have on reasonable terms. Yeah. It's like think of coronavirus, for example. The whole goal is to muddy the water with things so much that when you say, but the masks don't do anything, or but the virus isn't killing people that are healthy, like, or any other number of things that are totally obvious, the goal isn't for them to win the argument and overrule it. The goal is for them to say, yeah, I don't know about all that, because I heard this one report. I saw Dr. Fauci say a thing. I saw this. And it basically paralyzes an argument between you so you and your fellow Americans can never actually come together in agreement and organized against these people. The whole goal is to keep people divided by keeping it impossible for them to agree on things.
0: Right. No, and and that's exactly it. And what's what's interesting is, you know, what better way to create extreme division in the country or distraction in the country Uh, than to have a war. And so we have terrible approval ratings. The Democrats are looking like they're about to get completely destroyed in 2022 and lose a bunch of their party power. And for essentially no reason at all, the United States under Biden decided in July to come out and go, we want to let Ukraine into NATO. And the very obvious reaction to that was Russia going. Absolutely not. And now the U S is pretending like for no reason, this is the part that bothers me. The U S is pretending and the media sources are all pretending like for no reason at all, big bad Russia just started amassing hundreds, a hundred thousand troops on the border of Ukraine. That's not true. That's not how that worked. That was a response to NATO announcing that they were going to offer membership to Ukraine.
1: Right. Which then comes with a full suite of other weapon systems that will be stationed inside Ukraine. Right. Now, like essentially, the goal of this is for the is for NATO to position weapons on Russia's border. Yes. And, and, and it is un- totally reasonable and
0: rational for the Russians to not want that. Understand. Just understand, it doesn't matter. Like maybe, if even if you support Ukraine being in NATO, you cannot deny that the announcement of allowing membership into NATO, the the reinvigoration of this discussion in July, was the predicate used for everything that is occurring now. Now, right. like I said, like, if you, if you really just, oh, Russia's super bad, and I think that Ukraine should be in NATO because Russia's super bad, and it would create a great... Bu- okay, but just understand, like, you can't just... Th- this concept that Russia just magically decided to start amassing troops on the border, it's not true. And it's been clearly stated multiple times, and just so you're all aware, I, I meant specifically to point out that this was in July... This is right. actually also been the going announcement.
1: On. The announcement that Ukraine was going to be in part in was welcomed into NATO happened in 2008, right? And then it was reinvigorated in 2014 after they coup that there was a coup because the, the Ukrainians elected a president that said, "Well, I am not going to join NATO because it's going to be make my country, it's going to put my country in a very compromising position between Russia and NATO. I'm just going to stay neutral." Then the U.S. and a bunch of foreign intelligence agencies supported a bunch of protests that ended in a coup of that president. Then the new, very now very pro-Western government took over in 2014. Russia then said, well, fine, we're taking the Crimea to protect our biggest naval base in the Black Sea. Um, and has been essentially massing troops on the Ukraine's border ever since because the Ukrainian government has proven that it is willing to 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 launch a coup against its own elected president in order to kowtow to Western demands. Like, of course, Russia's threatened by this because it's on their border. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, the United States is overthrowing regimes all over the place. We're constantly calling Putin the same things we called Saddam Hussein, that we called Omar Gaddafi, that we called the Taliban. You have to look at it through that lens. And as the Rush- as a Russian, you definitely would think, if NATO feels they can pull it off, they absolutely will promote violent regime change inside my country.
0: Right. Now, what's fascinating is because of, you know, tracking this and, and the situation, uh, there's been a lot of very weird and interesting things going on. To include, like, even, like, members in, like, Ukrainian diplomats that are kind of telling the U.S., like, hey, could you uh maybe calm down? Because... Not- yeah. Like, could, could you not be like, like, it's pretty convenient for the United States to say a lot of, uh, basically a lot of hostile rhetoric towards Russia because like the U S doesn't have really any skin in the game. Like, Oh, right. Russia invaded Ukraine. Well, oh, it's so terrible. I guess we'll just sell them a bunch of weapons. And then Ukraine's like, are you guys going to send a bunch of troops in to defend us? <laughs> no, no. No, we're not. We're not gonna. No, we're not gonna do that. We're we're gonna be really angry though, and uh, we'll send a letter uh, from the UN. Yeah, um, because like, let's just be honest. we the the United States is not going to fight a war in Ukraine. It's not going to happen. right. But and the thing
1: is, there's also a lot more reasons why the United States is choosing now to saber rattle around the Ukraine. Right. None of what a lot to of them are Ukraine. economic. <laughs> Ukraine is a major corridor for natural gas to flow into <laughs> Europe. There's a bunch of pipelines Russia's trying to build around Ukraine mm-hmm. so they don't have to deal with this. I don't know if you've noticed, but there is massive increasing inflation in the United States. Mm-hmm. If there is uncertainty about war, here's, the, here's what will happen. If there's uncertainty about war, it cr- increases risk in the stock market. When risk in the stock market increases, more people want to buy bonds if the bo- then the bond rate was it the bond rate goes up because of that which is essentially then interest rates go interest rates go down I, f- I had someone that knows all about financial stuff explain this to me and they made a very convincing case but it's essentially if the united states is saber rattling for war it is, it will make ensure the interest rates go down and then inflation goes down so here it is it, the risk of war in Ukraine will increase risk in the equities market. When risk increases, it increases demand for U.S. Treasury bonds. Then rates go down, which means inflation goes down. It's not ridiculous to think that the Biden administration will saber-rattle for a war, that it's not actually serious about fighting in order to make inflation in the United States go down, which or to make interest rates go down, which makes inflation go down, which jumpstarts the economy, all in time for the midterms. Yep. Additionally, if the United States is going, starts is going to help the Ukraine, it's, going, it's sending a ton of weapons to Ukraine. That means that all of these all that the U.S. military is going to be buying a bunch of new weapons to replace those stockpiles, which means government money is now flowing into the U.S. economy. I I think the conflict in the Ukraine has a lot more to do to these ancillary factors than Ukraine joining NATO. Like, if everything goes great and Russia – let's say Russia doesn't invade the Ukraine. Well, they've still tried to – they've still potentially kickstarted the U.S. economy, and they spent a bunch of money on a bunch of defense contracting stuff, which is jobs, which is increasing the stock price of Raytheon and Lockheed Martin, which is – probably also giving a bunch of money to military contractors to help supply and train the Ukraine military. All of that is government money flowing into the U.S. economy. All of this, I think, is to is anticipation for the midterms that are coming up. They want inflation to be down. They want the economy to be recovering. They want all of these things to be going well. They want, And that's the same reason why we see COVID restrictions suddenly going away all over the place, because they're terrified that they're going to lose in the midterms and i think the this nonsense with the ukraine is all about the midterms for the biden presidency more so than it's about anything involving the ukrainians or the russians for that matter
0: now that's exempting one situation that we may not know about yeah and that is what kind of contracts hunter biden had in the ukraine we have to leave the door open for the potential that somebody didn't allow hunter biden to get millions of dollars on a contract and joe biden started a war because of it that's possible too oh oh, all of
1: these things can be true at the same time (laughs) it's very clear that the u.s government and people within the u.s government are heavily involved in are heavily economically involved in the goings-on within the ukraine right hunter biden and joe biden clearly were taking millions of dollars from a ukrainian company called burisma it's like All of these people are heavily involved in Ukraine. Almost all of the last big scandals in American politics, like the Trump impeachment, like uh, all center around the Ukraine for some reason. And none of that would necessarily be the case if there wasn't a bunch of corrupt dealings going on between American oligarchs and Ukrainian oligarchs to bleed the country dry. In fact, I watched an entire documentary on the war in Eastern Ukraine from 2014 up to the president, present. And one of the sentiments that is that it that every single person in Eastern Ukraine and the Crimea that got interviewed said was the government of Kiev is corrupt and is sending our and is basically enriching themselves at the cost of the country. And it wouldn't surprise me if that was true, because I feel the same way about all of these politicians that are also benefiting off of the Ukraine.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it, it, your your point aside from my joke about Hunter Biden, your your point's absolutely correct. It, it is it, everything about this lines up to make it and and just think about that for a second. Like, none of this makes any sense as to like why it's occurring right now, like why any of this is like suddenly such a big hot topic. But it does make sense when you point out that, well, the American economy is doing terrible under Joe Biden's leadership. Um, There are a slew of scandals that are about to come. Basically, everything that we've all said and that our audience has been saying for years is about to come out as true. That's going to happen. Um. So yeah, it's entirely reasonable for people to say like, oh yeah, they're staging a war to distract the American public and as an attempt to change the direction of the country and what have you in hopes that they might be able to hold on to their political power. Right. And I just want you to think about that for a second as they are willing to kill, to to have a bunch of people potentially killed in a foreign country just so they can try to get a political win. And they would do that.
1: One of the things that they've, there currently is a civil war going on in the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. A couple areas, Lugansk and Donetsk in Eastern Ukraine are two states inside Ukraine that border Russia. And when Russia invaded the Crimea in 2014, though the people of those states staged massive protests and took over the government of their respective states and declared secession from the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. All of these people are ethnic Russians, and they basically said, we are more Russian than we are Ukrainian. The Ukrainian government is corrupt and enriching itself. They, in fact, just forced out the president that we voted for and all of the essentially whatever their congressman and senator's equivalent is, Though the people from these areas were allies of the president that got ousted in the coup, they were also out of ousted of their position. So imagine your state, there was a coup in Washington, DC, they kicked out the president you voted for, and then they kicked out your congressmen and senators from the Parliament. Which by the, the people way people in Donetsk and Lugansk were pretty pissed about this and basically said we're seceding from the Ukraine and forming our own country. They did that and they are still independent of the of Kiev. And they have been fighting a civil war with Russian assistance for the last eight years. All of these weapons you see going to to Ukraine, these javelin missiles, etc., all of these weapons are going to end up being used on those people in eastern Ukraine. They're probably not going to be used against Russian troops storming across the border. They're going to be given to essentially the militias that are fighting in eastern Ukraine, and they're going to be used on Ukrainian citizens. Nominally. Now, they declared independence, So maybe you could say they're no longer Ukrainian citizens, but that's where these weapons are going to go. And they're going to be used to kill those people. And nobody in Washington, D.C. necessarily cares about that. They just care about selling weapons. They care about clearing out the U.S. military's aging stockpile of weapons that came about during the war on terror so they can replace them with the most modern variants. Right. That's what they care about more than the amount of death this is going to cause in eastern Ukraine against people that just don't want to be tyrannized by their government.
0: Right. And, and, you know, I I think it's worth pointing out, like, as as you said, a lot of what is going on in Ukraine can be circled back to the fact or or brought back to the fact that um, a bunch of protesters Uh, basically a bunch of protesters that were likely funded by a bunch of liberal NGOs here in the United States, stormed the Capitol because they supposedly didn't like the president there, had a coup, got rid of an entire political alliance there, and then all of a sudden, giant civil war. Yeah. I mean, it would be great as a as, as basically a, uh, um, academic exercise. If I couldn't literally see how that could, that could absolutely occur here. And in fact, I watched them try it. That was 2020. Let me, let me remind you that one of the biggest drivers of the whole January 6th committee is Democrats literally want Republican senators charged. They want them in jail. They are claiming that yeah. they committed sedition and treason.
1: And and this is why I've always been baffled by the fact that Republican congressmen and senators seem so willing to go along with what Democrats are doing.
0: Yeah. So one news story that came out, uh, which is really hilarious, is the let me see here. Last Feb, this is a Time magazine article. Uh, last February, days after the inauguration of President Joe Biden, America's allies in Kiev decided to get tough on uh, Med- Medvedevchik. The Ukrainian government started taking his TV channels off the air, depriving Russia of its propaganda outlets in the country. The U.S. embassy in Kiev applauded the move. Uh, this is just a random headline or a random like clip from a news story I saw, but like this was a guy that was critical of the uh, president in Ukraine, of Zelensky, and under the yeah. guise of he spreads Russian propaganda because he's critical of the president, uh, we're going to remove his television stations.
1: Man, liberal democracy sure is great, huh?
0: Right, like so. And, and this, this is this is actually what frustrates me about this whole thing is like. What is the truth? I know I can't trust our media because they would lie. They they would 100% lie. Like, they want this war to happen because it would help Joe Biden, because it would help the Democrats. So they're going to lie about it. I don't necessarily trust Russia. I mean, they would lie about stuff, too. Why wouldn't they? I mean, I've been told my entire life that they're like evil Soviet bad people. And maybe that's true. I'm not saying it's not. But who the hell do I trust? Everything that goes against—I mm-hmm.
1: certainly don't trust the Ukrainian government.
0: Yeah, the Ukrainian government. Just so everyone's aware, in, in case we haven't brought this up before, they are and like they are identified by uh, international groups as one of the most corrupt governments in the world. Yeah, just just so you know. Now here's the problem. I just read a real quick clip where it was, we took this guy's TV station down because he was spreading Russian propaganda. Well, I've been accused of spreading Russian propaganda for pointing out Democrat lies. I was accused of spreading Russia propaganda when I said that the Hillary Clinton campaign was spying on Donald Trump. Yeah. Which is now proven in an indictment in front of a grand jury by the federal government, because just so you guys are aware, John Durham represents the federal government. So forgive me yeah. if I don't buy that everything's Russian propaganda, because to me, and maybe this is just a failure of the brainwashing uh, by liberals in America, everything that I everything you disagree with, you call Russian propaganda and everything that I know is true. You call Russian propaganda. Yeah. So <laughs> you'll have to forgive me if I don't without, without any knowledge to be fair, that I look at whoever this guy is that just had t- that had television stations taken down a few years back or whatever, or right after Joe Biden was inaugurated, which is also super suspicious. Um, But right after Biden's inaugurated, you take some guys, TV stations down and claim that it's because he's Russian propaganda. How am I not supposed to go? Oh, okay. So in other words, this guy was telling the truth to the Ukrainian people and it upset the deep state in Ukraine. That's backed by Westerners that are funneling and funneling money through and using the Ukraine as a place to enrich their families through their kids sitting on boards.
1: Like, well, it's And it's exactly the same as think of how many U.S. figures in media are basically like blacklisted, kicked off YouTube, kicked off television networks, anything like that under the guys, they're spreading misinformation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So so you'll forgive me with 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 all the data I have right now that I don't think that that guy must be one of the good guys. Because right. that's exactly what the bad guys do to the good guys. <laughs> So, but in addition to that, one of the reasons why I know for a fact that this is all just Western backed nonsense is we already know that Joe Biden will somehow, for whatever reason, has the power to push the Ukrainian government around because he has bragged live on television that he went to the Ukraine and said, I'm not going to give you any money unless you fire this prosecutor who's investigating my son's company. And then the Ukrainian government did that.
1: Uh, and it wasn't just Joe Biden. It was Joe Biden. It was the International Monetary Fund. It was the European Union. I think a lot of them are in on the scam. Yeah. And I think that's why all of these Western powers are so desperate to essentially take over Ukraine and add it to the Western sphere of influence, is because a lot it's not, doesn't stop at Joe Biden. It's a lot of elites in the United States, a lot of elites across Europe, this entire world economic forum, new world order nonsense that's going on. All of these people are connected and they're all benefiting off of the, off of the corruption in the Ukraine. They're all enriching themselves. And that's why they're so desperate to drag it into the Western sphere of influence. Cause that's not just NATO NATO. It's not, it's not just NATO. It's the European Union, it's the European Economic uh, Union, whatever they're that's called. It's it's all of the other um, package that comes along with joining NATO that drags it helplessly, that drags Ukraine helplessly into complete and total capture by the Western economic and banking cartel. What? That's why they want it. That's why they want it. They want to conquer a new area for the Western banking cartel. And that's why they're so interested in the Ukraine.
0: Well, and I think it's it's at least legitimate to ask the question of: Is Joe Biden like is, is Joe Biden so worried about Russia? Like, because that was the whole thing. The whole point of the coup, the excuse that the West uses for like just not caring that there was a coup in Ukraine, which by the way is anti democratic. Um, the whole point of them supporting it was, well, that guy was really just a puppet of Moscow. And it's when I'm looking at it and seeing that this supposed puppet of Moscow, and maybe I've got the timeline wrong, but I don't think I do. um, This puppet of Moscow was probably investigating all of these weird enrichment schemes that were going on with like Biden's kid. You'll forgive me if I don't think that none of this has to do with Russia being super bad guys. Oh, they're just the worst. And it's more of, oh, shit, if Russia gets more influence in Ukraine, I lose all of my Ukraine bucks.
1: Yeah, it was a big part. When when the president of Ukraine in 2014 said, we're no longer, we're abandoning our plans to join NATO. It also came with the agreement that Russia was offering them, which was, a part of it was Russia was going to drop the price of natural gas sold to Ukraine by 30%, which was a huge deal for the Ukrainian economy. Right. So it's not like Russia, people say, oh, he's a puppet of Russia. He's clearly choosing the best deal for the Ukraine in this. Ukraine basically stays neutral. They get the price of natural of energy cut by 30%, And then they're not the focal point of a giant campaign to drive the country into war. That sounds like someone that is pro Ukraine would choose that option.
0: Well, and and, I mean, to be honest, it's like, okay, okay, like, so we're upset at the idea of a pro Russian guy because well, it's so corrupt because of all the oligarchs in in Russia so instead we should have them join NATO. So the oligarchs in the United States can then fleece the Ukrainian people. Yeah. basically, like, we can say <laughs> that Russia, that, that Russia are bad guys, but it's not like America right now are the good guys because we know for a fact that Ukraine has been used to fleece. There are so many weird connections between Democrat politicians and Ukraine. It is undeniable that we are also in fact being oligarchs in Ukraine. Like just basically the Ukrainian people are getting screwed. It's just by whom they're being screwed. Yeah. (laughs) And so the long story short is I can't support this. I don't think most Americans do. I think, I think everybody is concerned about what's going on between Russia and Ukraine. And by the way, I would be remiss if I didn't point out, I thought Donald Trump was supposed to get us into world war three. Instead, we got historic peace deals. We got peace deals in Israel that were like supposedly impossible just years prior. We had a historic peace deal uh, between North and South Korea and like video of the two leaders meeting and, and all of this other crazy stuff occurred under Trump. Like I said, the Abraham Accords, the peace deals that happened between North and South Korea in one year. In one year, Joe Biden gave Afghanistan back to the Taliban and is basically starting World War III with Russia. Yeah. And I don't mean that lightly because as as Alan brought up last night on our call, Vladimir Putin has made it very clear that he has nuclear weapons and NATO and and the Ukraine will not join NATO.
1: Yeah, it's... In a speech I watched of... Putin addressing the European Union, he made it very clear that he is threatening the use of nuclear weapons in the event of war between the United States and the in the event of war between Russia and the United States. And it seems like the height of madness that we're pushing this at a time when we don't need it. Why is this valuable right now? Why are we going to do this? We have so many problems here at home. We just got out of Iraq and Afghanistan. We just got out of all of these places. We have all of these issues here at home. And now's the time we're doing this without any benefit. There's no benefit to the United States other than we can post and put more weapons on the border with Russia, a country that isn't really even trying to go to war with us. A country that we would stand a bigger benefit if to leverage against the expansion of China.
0: Yet instead, not they're serious. buddying up with China. Yeah. Instead,
1: we're driving Russia and China to, act, to work together, mm-hmm. which is going to be more dangerous to the United
0: States long term. But maybe not more dangerous for the politicians right now. Because that's the whole mm-hmm. thing. Like, more dangerous for the U.S. and its sovereignty? 100%. More dangerous for the politicians that are making money hand over fist from China and Russia? No. Because need I remind yeah. you, like just not that long ago, Hillary Clinton, a Democrat, and the Biden White House, or the sorry, the Obama White House, which had Joe Biden as the vice president, sold a bunch of uranium, uh, United States uranium, to Russia. Oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, and by the way, oh, but... Once again, as as we've stated before, back then Russia was being run by Vladimir Putin. Now Russia is being run by Vladimir Putin.
1: Oh, totally different. Yeah. Now they're now that and that's what really changed it from a good guy country we could work with to a bad guy country.
0: Right. Right. So yeah, mate,
1: that, that, right. I right. forgot about that.
0: It was it was the big, it was the big upheaval that happened at some point. Uh, where Vladimir Putin was in charge of Russia during the Obama years. So it was okay for us to have a reset button and sell them uranium and, uh, you know, make all these uh, choices with uh, pipelines and all this other stuff. But then when Vladimir Putin got elected, it became a bad guy country.
1: Right. Right.
0: (laughs) That's right. I wonder, (laughs) let's just be honest. Is it possible that Clinton did her whole like reset button thing and they tried to set everything up and then they were like, okay, so here's the deal. We're going to like funnel all this money and stuff. And Russia was like, yeah, we're not going to do that. And they're like, oh, well, we hate you now and we're going to go to war. <laughs> Honestly,
1: that wouldn't surprise me. Like, yeah. I, I'm certain that, that U.S. political elites were bleeding Russia dry through political corruption all through the Boris Yeltsin years. And I'm pretty certain that Vladimir Putin got elected
0: specifically to
1: stop that practice.
0: Oh, right. Well, like, I mean, it it wasn't even that long ago that Bill Clinton was paid $500,000 to give a speech at Renaissance capital in Moscow, uh, which is a hundred percent a company that's like directly connected to, you know, is, is directly connected to the Kremlin. And so that's right. A hundred percent. You just have to look at this and go, they stopped. Basically they stopped giving money to the Democrats and then the Democrats are going to start a war. Like, oh, you went with that Trump guy and you stopped giving us money. Mm, I guess we'll just have to fight a war. I mean, I don't know. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong that the Democrats wouldn't start a war because, somebody wasn't donating to their bullshit Clinton global initiative and flee like lining their, their pockets with money. They would absolutely do that. They seem they're They do crap like that to their own citizens. Like unabashedly, they're trying to literally make half this country terrorists just because they don't go along with them. Like hell yeah. They would kill a bunch of other people in a completely different country for their own political gain. Yeah. It's like they watch bad movies and go, I'm going to be that. Yeah. Like, cause the whole idea is it's supposed to be like hyperbole. Like, come on. The idea of politicians starting a war just to like make the economy get better. So they have better chances in the midterms. That's a bad movie. Instead, like everyone on the Democrat party are so dumb that they watch those bad movies and they go, you know, that's actually kind of a good idea. Like, what if right. we staged a war?
1: <laughs> Just I mean, so... the problem is it wouldn't be the first time they've done things like this. Like, what do you think the war against Gaddafi was all about?
0: Like, uh, Gaddafi
1: was trying to launch his own petrodollar, which would threaten the hege- hegemony of a bunch of big financial interests.
0: Do you think when, do you think when Gaddafi was a CIA asset, he ever thought that he would be dragged out of his home and and murdered in the streets? I am
1: actually well. Gaddafi gave up all his WMDs. Yeah. They had an active WMD program, and part of the deal was uh, the West leaves Libya alone, and or basically, it was Libya becomes an ally of the West in the war on terror if Gaddafi gives up his WMDs. Yeah, and he did, and then he played ball for a while, and then they killed him because they needed a new scapegoat, and because a bunch of banking interests lobbied
0: the government to make it happen so was it was it the banking interests, or did he stop um did he stop his monthly donation to the clinton campaign and the clinton global initiative
1: it easily could have been something like that
0: (laughs) (laughs) i don't mean to joke about it like you're saying educated things i'm making jokes about the idea that if you don't donate to the clinton's charity uh you get murdered and droned yeah right but to be fair that might be true (laughs) like like, as she's cackling insanely like at watching him die like that's what you get for not paying for my daughter's wedding (laughs) oh my gosh no but so all right and another update that we have to give since since um alan just kind of like gave you a rundown of like a government coup and then a massive civil war, all of this other stuff that's going on in Ukraine. Um, Let's look at how exactly that could happen somewhere else. Let's say just a little bit North of us. Very exciting. Yesterday police uh, uh, police, Canadian police cleared out protesters that were blocking the ambassador bridge, the bridge between uh, Windsor, Ontario and uh, Michigan, basically Detroit. Um, So, uh, police finally went in and cleared out and arrested any remaining protesters that were there on the Ambassador Bridge. They are now cracking down on the honking. But it's not just Canada. Massive protests in Australia. Massive protests in France. Great. And there are videos all over social media of police launching tear gas against civilians. Uh, just all sorts of insane stuff. And it's all because of lockdowns. Now you're not seeing it on the mainstream media and the reason why is because the mainstream media does not want anybody in America getting ideas. But this is where it's interesting. There's some rument it's coming from places like Facebook, so the veracity is questionable. But a freedom convoy has been organized in the United States and that it is going to start at the Super Bowl today. That truckers are meeting up in Los Angeles, that the honking is going to occur at the Super Bowl, which I absolutely hope is true. How awesome would that be if a bunch of trucks were around the Super Bowl and like during the halftime show, which is supposed to be like, I don't know, it's a bunch of rappers, right? It's like Eminem and Dr. Dre and people like that. You can't even hear the music because just this ominous sound of horn honking. That'd be great. And that would be fantastic. The idea is that these trucks are going to then drive across the country to then blockade Washington, DC just in time for the state of the union.
1: I thoroughly hope that that happens.
0: I think it would be awesome because you have doddering old Joe Biden going up there being helped up by his wife and having his earpiece in his ear. So Jake Sullivan can sit there and whisper to him what he's supposed to say. Um, And, he goes up there and right when he starts to talk, it just goes f <laughs> you just hear all the honking. <laughs> like the windows shaking in the Capitol. Except for the fact that I almost feel like the National Guard will get deployed, the Capitol Police will get deployed to protect them from these mean, awful truckers that are just doing all of these terrorisms. No, no. They're they're, they're white supremacist terrorists. Yeah. Haven't you heard? They're carrying fascism in the back of those trucks. That's right. Those trucks are, are carrying fascism into the heart of our peaceful communities. I I 100 percent guarantee that if there if there is a convoy, well, let, let's just let's just think about that for a second. They go to have the State of the Union and all of these blockades are put up. All of these fences are put up. There's going to be armed troops all over the capital again. There has been yeah. no actual threat. No realistic or actual threat from the right wing against the capital whatsoever. Supposedly, they had to militarize uh, the inauguration because of all the, the all the fear of terrorism, nothing happened. Ever since then, even with all the fencing and bullshit taken down, nothing's happened. We've had a couple of weird instances that seem super questionable and oddly disappear off of, you know, disappear from memory. Like a guy in a truck that was that supposedly had a bomb that yeah. was FaceTiming. Or not FaceTiming, he was live streaming and saying all of this, like, basically saying things that sound exactly like what a Democrat thinks a conservative sounds like. Um, yeah. Th- and there's then, so
1: many weird elements in there that uh, you have to be I'm very suspicious of a lot of it.
0: Yeah. So what what we have seen is a bunch of attempted false flags that turned into nothing. What we haven't seen is any, we haven't seen anything that even makes sense to this statement that there's just such a worry about violence, but I bet they're going to militarize the Capitol again. So how many times is Joe Biden going to have to militarize the Capitol for him to conduct the government's business until people finally go, all right, you can't possibly be legitimate. Only illegitimate dictators need this amount of security.
1: Right, well, I mean, as long as police and local authorities keep playing along with it, it is, is exactly as long as it's going to last.
0: No, I mean that that is yes, that is hundred percent a a very true state. Well, actually, you know, now that you say it, um are there going to be enough troops to guard the capital since they're kicking a bunch of them out for not getting the vax?
1: I hope so <laughs> I, I hope not yeah, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be hilarious?
0: Yeah, like I I do very seriously wonder how that might go. A bunch of truckers show up to surround the Capitol. They put a bunch of troops out there and then those troops are like, I'm not. And maybe even their commanders are like, I'm not doing this. It's a bunch of trucks that are out here honking their horns. I'm not deploying. I'm not deploying my troops out. Or or maybe they stand there and then all of a sudden Biden's like, you need to you need to remove those people. And the commanders go, I'm not fucking doing that. Absolutely not. I I am not going to have my soldiers ripping out their countrymen out of trucks because they're honking their horns. That's ridiculous. I'm not doing it. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. I mean, I would like to believe that there are enough regular people in the military that they would not do that. But I would, I, I would, I'd be wrong if I said I wasn't absolutely pessimistic that so many of this stuff has been infiltrated. That it's not a bunch of shitlib commanders that are going to be like, "Whoa, I mean, I want to get promoted to major, so shoot that guy in the face, private." So. I,
1: I also worry about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is a concern, and and similar. Well, to- and
1: I think the big the big problem for essentially the for us is the lack of negative consequences to people who do follow those orders. Exactly. Yeah. Like if you were a police officer that started shooting into that crowd, you would be awarded a medal by the Biden administration. And yeah. there'd be no negative consequences for you after that. And because there's no negative consequences, there's uh, there's no negative consequences for supporting a movement to free America. There's only negative consequences. That or There's only negative consequences to your career. I think it makes the calculation for a lot of people very clear. Unfortunately, yeah, it's like if you're a police officer, are you gonna are you really gonna risk your pension so that some truckers get to honk their horns? I can see how a lot of them wouldn't, and because there's nothing to set against that, it's not like if you arrest a bunch of truckers, you're now branded as a social pariah and kicked and you know forced out of your community that would certainly change a lot of people's mind, but um, unfortunately that just doesn't happen in America.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, and, and the proof's there. If you're a police officer that shoots an armed black man, you might go to jail. But if you shoot an unarmed white woman that wears a MAGA hat, you get a medal. Yeah. You get promoted. You get a medal. And so, eh, eh, eh. and I mean, if, if we want to be completely honest, it's not like the Republican party is going to make your life hard. Yeah. I mean, for example, we just talked, we talked about literal evidence that the Clinton campaign was directly spying on Trump. What are the Republicans going to do with that kind of information? Put it in some fundraising emails, put out some tweets about how awful it is. Ultimately do nothing. Yeah. And let's be honest, like that should be one of the things like this should be one of the demands that we, as as people and as voters, need to make for, okay, like, you guys really want to win 2022? Awesome. What are you going to do to punish people who had been spying on the elected president and trying to basically stage a coup? That's the biggest thing. That was the entire purpose of what was going on with the Clinton campaign, was they were staging a coup. They were trying to stage a coup in the United States. It was the whole reason for the dumb Russia investigation. It was the whole reason for all the Black Lives Matter protests. They wanted Washington, D.C. to look like Kiev. Yeah, they did. So they tried to stage a coup. What are you going to do about it? Why should you win? Why should you get basically ultimate power in Washington, D.C. if you're not going to write the ship away from the evil people that 100% usurp the the want and will of the American voters and spit on us all the time and then call us terrorists when we don't want to do their weird shit. Yep. That's just the thing. Oh, one last story before we do get off. because We do have about 10 minutes left. I do want to bring this up. Let's talk about the weirdo who just got elected into the, what is it? Department of energy or just got appointed into the department of energy. Yeah. So it's just a quick note, but these are the types of people. Remember, actually, let me, let me um, preface this a little bit. So I want everyone to be reminded that anytime a Republican picks anybody or appoints anybody to an office, we are consistently asked. Well, what's their qualification? What makes them qualified? And so, these dumb political appointments are supposed to be the most qualified individuals. By the way, they never are. Just so you all are aware, like Cindy McCain, John McCain's wife, got in uh, got appointed to the world uh, to the United Nations like World Food Program or something. She's an ambassador to the World Food Program specifically just because um, she, like, used the shambling corpse of her husband to further Democrat in- interests. But the point is, you know, you have Pete Buttigieg as the Secretary of Transportation who is spending more time talking about LGBTQ legislation in schools than doing anything to fix the supply chain crisis occurring in this country. So, yeah. the point is, there's a guy that was... Do you remember the name of the position, Alan?
1: It's I do not. I think it's something like it's basically it's it's a, I think it's like undersecretary in charge of waste management.
0: Okay, for the for the Department of Energy.
1: Yeah, so for nuclear waste.
0: This dude is super creepy. First of all, drag queen. Okay, like which of course, of course, you know, like the first first transgender. Yeah assistant health secretary and then they get a weird like and it's not like just it's not just drag queen this isn't like a guy who does like rocky horror picture show this is is like creepy white face red eyed like crazy business but also talks about having sex with animals not furries real animals
1: yeah his hit this gentleman's gay partner dresses up like a dog there's pictures of them together where he's in like the dog bdsm outfit and it basically if i was some kind of vile right-wing propagandist who was building a a characterization for people to to point to and say look at all of these horrible gays they're all vile sexual degenerates I don't think I would come up with a character as disgusting as this guy. Yeah. You, I think you, even if I was trying to come up with someone for like a comedy sketch to lampoon LGBT activists as sexual degenerates, I still wouldn't come up with a guy half as disgusting as this.
0: Yeah. It, it was, you sent me all of the stuff and the best part was you were like, there's no way this guy has to be like, this has to be like a right wing, like uh like satire. But yeah, this like, has
1: to be satire. There's no way that this guy is both real and being put into a bureaucratic position in charge of nuclear waste by the president.
0: Yeah. And it but it is it's super weird just I mean just simply from the fact that he is trying to justify bestiality. And I'm not I don't mean that in the idea that his partner dresses up like a dog. I mean he literally was was like quoted in some puff piece about how he's like yeah i don't i don't understand the problem I, I don't i don't see why it matters if people have sex with animals it's weird it is really weird it's i it is okay for people to say that that is absolutely weird but additionally i think i think that that is actually something that's very notable cuz there's been a lot of conversations about people talking about like school legislation and stuff one of there's a Florida bill that hilariously the actual bill itself is if you are going to be talking about a controversial topic especially things around CRT or the LGBTQ like movement you the parents have a right to be informed and to make a decision whether or not that's something they want their kids exposed to just so you're aware this is not some sort of preemptive preemptive or offensive strike by the right wing this is a reaction This is a reaction to the fact that parents became outraged over their kids being told that just because of the color of their skin, they are bad people and are like guilty of the sin of slavery. This is a reaction from parents who got upset because they found out that they're very little young kids. We're not talking high schoolers here. We are talking eight year old kids are basically being told that they're transgender are being taught about sexuality by strangers. Let me give you, me give you just yeah. a really quick analogy here. If somebody came up to your child and started talking to them about sexuality at a park, we would call that person a creeper and probably a pedophile. But apparently if they get a four-year degree from literally any college in the United States and stand in front of a classroom... That suddenly makes it less creepy and less pedophilic. Yeah. That's exactly what parents are saying is you should not be talking to my children about this. <clears throat> You're a stranger. You being a teacher doesn't give you some inalienable right to talk to my children about sexuality. That's freaking weird. How do you not think that's weird? Anyway, this Georgia law is a reaction to all of that weirdness and the fact that honestly it feels like the education system is grooming children more than anything else and turning them obviously into liberal activists. So mm-hmm. that's, all the Georgia Lo- that's all the Georgia law said. Apparently, transparency in education is anti-LGBTQ according to every liberal news source this week. So let me ask you, what is it about the LGBTQ movement What is it about that movement and about what they're trying to teach about it in schools that is so horrifying that the idea of parents knowing about it would destroy the movement?
1: That right there proves that it's nothing parents are. If if you have to hide the curriculum from parents, then it's clearly something they're going to object to.
0: Yeah, because there aren't a bunch of parents out there worried that gay people exist or something. There is something else that parents are concerned about. And by the reaction of these people, probably rightfully so, which is likely you're going to try and propagandize my kid into becoming like some sort of transgender something or other, because you're going to take advantage of them as young as possible when they're impressionable, you know, like predators do. Yeah. And that's exactly it. It's because it's predatory. It's also because it's, that's, that's the simplest part about this entire argument is the other side, like they're going to try to say it's bigotry and hateful and blah and whatever. But honestly, it's been very consistent. Parents regularly have said, I don't understand why we are teaching sex education in elementary school. I do not understand why you are having conversations about sex with my children There is an age where that is appropriate. There is a place where that is appropriate and it is not here. That is the same exact argument. Still, that argument has not changed. Stop talking about sex with my kids. I think it's creepy and weird. Please stop. It's the same thing, but now they're they've now they've been able to connect that concern over. I don't like what you're trying to like tell my kids because you're being creepy and weird. They went, Oh, well now it's anti-gay.
1: I mean, yeah, maybe that's what uh, – this is one of those things where it's like if they start calling anti-CRT racist and anti-gay, then part of me is almost starting going, okay, well, I guess I am then because I don't want that. And if you're telling me that's what it is, well, then,
0: okay, fine. Like, Well, and I, I think that that's exactly, the, that's exactly the good point to make here, which is it doesn't work out well for these people. If they're saying, well, you're anti-gay if you want to know what your child's being taught about sexuality in our schools, all that's going to result in is, okay, well, then, then, suppo- like, it, then the LGBTQ, those letters now mean something weird, predatory, and creepy that I don't want in my society at all. Because all the parents are asking is, I don't think you should be teaching this to my kids. It's a conversation for me and my child to have and they're saying no you're against all of it if you don't allow us to just say it to your children without you even knowing what we're talking about those people 100% are going to go okay then that movie that that movement is up to something creepy and all of the like preachers and all these other people they were 100% correct when they were saying that it's all a propaganda outlet to make my kid gay yeah that's that's pretty much it but that's ha- that has to be it for us for today, we're going to have to move on and see you guys next week. Uh, let us know what you guys did for the Super Bowl, if anything, because that's always kind of interesting. And let us know what else you'd like us to talk about next week. Always be sure, go on to our Discord if you're a member of our subscribe star, and let us know what stories interest you throughout the week so we can talk about them after that. I'm Aaron from the East Coast. I'm from the West Coast. And this is Wrong Think Radio. We'll see you all next Sunday at noon Eastern.